Good morning. It's 830. I'm Karen Brown, and this is Mississippi Edition on MPB Think Radio. On today's show, as the politics of the Neshoba County Fair kick off, Donald Trump Jr. stumps for his father. Then we'll hear from Mississippi Congressman Benny Thompson after day two of the Democratic National Convention. Later, a health minute from Dr. Rick DeShazo on mosquito bites and a pole vaulter from Mississippi who's going to the Olympics in Rio de Janeiro. I ran cross country and played soccer for many years before I ever picked up pole vaulting. But the vault was just something that was a a good group of athletes at my high school and I got to hang around them. But eventually it became my program and my group of athletes when I was in high school and then moved on to college. That's all coming up. This is Mississippi Edition on MPB Think Radio. Donald Trump Jr., the son of the Republican presidential nominee, is working to secure support for his father in Mississippi ahead of the November election. And part of that work includes some old-fashioned politicking at the Neshoba County Fair. Trump spoke to a crowd of thousands around the racetrack at the fair just south of Philadelphia yesterday afternoon. He spoke to reporters shortly before he gave a speech. Trump was introduced by Governor Phil Bryant. Hey, everybody, good to see y'all. Welcome to the fair. I brought a friend of mine with me today. We picked Don up just a short while ago, came through and been working the fair. And as you can see, this is Trump country. Amen. All right, the folks are welcoming him. I'm going to let him speak. You've heard me talk enough. So, uh, Donald J. Trump, Jr. Don, thank you. Thank you, sir. Thank you for being here. Thank you, Governor. Wow. Uh, These days I'm used to getting some pretty welcoming receptions, but this is incredible. I mean, what a cool tradition. Uh, what, what a great place to be, and what an incredible welcoming. So uh, I'm just excited to be here to take part in some of these events, to be able to talk on the same platform where Reagan spoke uh, not too long ago, to be able to hang out with the Mannings. Uh, it doesn't get cooler than this, uh, and I'm probably going to eat quite a bit of food. So uh, this diet's going to hell real quickly. So uh, thank you all for having me here, and uh, I guess we taking questions? Or we we... Right. The question I want to ask, it matters to a lot of Mississippians. Right now, when the DNC is holding its convention in Philadelphia, they took down the Mississippi state flag. What do you think about that and the state flag? Well, listen, I, I think the flag issue right now in general is ridiculous. I, I saw a bunch of stuff on social media this morning where they didn't even have the American flag up uh, in, at the Democratic National Convention. And to me as an American, that's pretty disgraceful. Obviously, it made a big deal on social media. They, they probably ran out to a store and bought a few, but the fact that they're not even thinking about that uh, as part of their platform, as part of that convention, uh, says all you need to know about the Democrats. And taking down the Mississippi flag? I, I believe in traditions. You know, I, I don't see a lot of the nonsense that was created with these things. Uh, so, you know, those are those are issues, and I understand how people feel about some of them. But, you know, leaving some of the traditions the way they are in this country, I, I, there's nothing wrong with some tradition. And the RNC, you talked a good bit about how your father makes a point to connect with everyday people. What do you think, what part of his platform do you think will resonate most with folks here at the Neshoba County Fair and oh. in Mississippi? How about jobs? I mean, I, I think that's Woo! the big one, bringing jobs back to this country. When we talk about that, I mean, that's what he said. The way he brought us up, and we could have been as spoiled as possible, and to say we weren't spoiled somewhat is would be an exaggeration, but he made sure we worked. He made sure we understood work, and it wasn't work behind a computer. It was you know, work on a job site. If you're going to tell someone to dig a ditch, if you're going to build a building and a foundation one day, you better well have done it yourself. Uh, and so that's how we started off. So those are the guys we brought up under, and so you know, we know how to do those things. I was, I'm the only son of a billionaire that can drive a D10 Caterpillar. It's because those are the things we were doing in high school jobs, and we're working in, in college jobs in the summers. Uh, you know, that's how we started off. So I, I think he resonates. I've always called him, you know, the blue-collar billionaire, and people used to criticize me for it, but I think they get it because they realize now that he's speaking with 
these Americans, the people in this country who built this nation, hardworking Americans who've been left in the dust. Uh, they're the only people not getting catered to anymore by our government, and that's got to change. And so I think his platform of bringing jobs back to this country, employing Americans, thinking about Americans first, the livelihoods and safety of our children and grandchildren, as opposed to the feelings of nations across the seas that if they could push a button would make us disappear off the map, I think that's what he's talking about. And I think that's going to resonate really well here and everywhere else, as it should. Well, how does that work? How do you bring jobs here specifically to Mississippi and other parts of the country? Oh, we, we've talked about it. You've talked about the overregulation. Uh, in government, whether it be through Dodd-Frank, where you're killing small business because, you know, people have to go through thousands of pages of regulations and 22,000 pages of addendum uh, just to open a door to a business. I, I think that's first. I think you have the overreach, uh, you know, from the EPA, where everything is so overregulated that we can't possibly compete with the other countries in the world where they're not even thinking about these issues. That's not to say we can't have reasonable restrictions on how things are done. But the overburden from the federal government has stymied small business in favor of you know, big business. I mean, I said it in my speech. You know, Dodd-Frank is consumer protection for billionaires. It's not helping consumers. Uh, it's not helping small business. And you get those guys going, you invigorate the American economy, and you're going to take care of a lot of the problems. Once we take care of those problems, you know, maybe we can actually start educating our children well. Instead of spending the most money per capita of any country in the world and being number 30 behind a long list of third-world nations, maybe our kids could get great educations. Maybe we could take care of our vets. I think that would be a novel concept. How is your dad going to get those last-minute votes come November from those conservatives that don't support him right now? Well, you know, listen, we, we've seen that. We've, we've seen the crossover in during the primary process. We've seen the independents and even Democrats switch over party allegiance. You saw it in, in droves in Pennsylvania. And that's including states where you had to do this stuff nine months in advance just to be able to do it. You saw hundreds of thousands of people switch over to be able to vote for my father. You know, now that's not even an issue. Some of those people, hey, just didn't realize you had to do it nine months in advance. Uh, when we talk about the rigged system, that's so much part of it, you know, in the delegate count process. So, you know, I think he's been doing that by, you know, reaching across those grounds, by talking to people, by talking about jobs. Think about the blue-collar union voters in this country. You think they're going to vote for Hillary Clinton? The bosses will tell them to do it. Don't get me wrong. That'll be the soundbite. Who do you think those guys pull, pull the lever for when they get in the booth? The guy that's really speaking to them, not lecturing them, not talking at them. Mississippi, not a battleground state, and your father won big here in the primaries. Why is it still important to, to have even your presence here today? Listen, we, we have to be there. We, I mean, we're not doing a you know pure, uh, we're just going to target two or three states and not worry about everything else. We're talking to the whole country. That's been my father's message all along. It's going to be inclusionary of all Americans, everyone, every race, creed, and background. I mean, that's what we're talking about, and that's what we're talking to. Uh, that gets manipulated, and you can see based on uh, what came out, you know, uh, I guess it was Sunday, uh, you know, we're not just fighting the Hillary camp. We're fighting Hollywood. We're fighting the media. When you have some of the biggest names in media, uh, you know, basically getting barking orders from the DNC saying, no, you will do it this way, do, do your jobs, that's not a fair fight. We've never shied away from any kind of fight, uh, but it's certainly not a fair fight. And I think people are starting to realize that, and I think it should be as disgusting to them as it is to me. Donald Trump Jr. speaking with reporters at the Neshoba County Fair near Philadelphia yesterday. Up next, we'll hear from Mississippi Congressman Benny Thompson after day two of the Democratic National Convention. This is Mississippi Edition on MPB Think Radio. Boxer Claressa Shields was 17 when she won gold at the London Olympics. Then she came home. I, I was literally going to sleep and I would see all black. Like I wasn't able to dream because my dream had been accomplished. Now I'm like, what do I do now? The answer, work toward a second gold medal in Rio. We catch up with her and hear the latest from the Democratic National Convention, too, later on All Things Considered from NPR News. Today at 4 on NPB Think Radio.
The Health Minute is underwritten by Blue Cross and Blue Shield of Mississippi. Information on how to make good health a family affair is available at bcbsms.com. Live healthy, live blue. This is Mississippi Edition on MPB Think Radio. I'm Karen Brown. Mississippi delegates to the Democratic National Convention are polling for their party's nominee, Hillary Clinton. The state's delegates joined the majority of the party yesterday in supporting Clinton at the convention in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. Correspondent Matt Laszlo was there and caught up with Representative Benny Thompson, the state's only Democratic member of Congress. Thompson says he's been to every Democratic convention for the last 44 years. My first one was 72. I promise you. 72. And ever since. Really? Yeah. But this one is a little different than the ones in the past. A little more tension. Well, you know. That's why we call it Democratic Party. You know, we don't speak in uh, unanimity, but we still care about people. And in the end, uh, we'll be together. And now you've got your Hillary back. Oh, absolutely. What do you think has to be done to bring those disaffected Bernie people over? Well, last night was a good start. Uh, there were a lot of people who was with Bernie from the beginning uh, who said, look, uh, we gave it our best shot. She... Uh, beat us, and now our goal is to defeat Donald Trump. And that's the message. And over the next few days, you'll see the unifying of the party around that message. Now, you're in a really conservative area. Do you think Tim Kaine, because he's more moderate, can appeal to people in the South who might be skeptical of Donald Trump? Well, his uh, having been governor of Virginia, uh, strong on defense, strong on national security uh, is a plus for the uh, team. And I think uh, Secretary Clinton was uh, smart to pick a candidate who brings something uh, to the team. Uh, Senator Kane in his own is a strong person, uh, but not one that can overshadow the uh, number one person. So we're excited about it, and I think what you'll see is by uh, Thursday evening, uh, Democrats will be uh, lined up uh, in agreement that the Clinton-Cain uh, ticket is a winner. Now, what do Mississippi Democrats do to help the party win in November because you're in Trump country? Well, you know, uh, we do the best we can uh, up until this point. Uh, I've been in Virginia, I've been in North Carolina, I've been in Pennsylvania, I've been in Missouri, I've been in Illinois on behalf of Secretary Clinton. So even if uh, uh, we don't care in Mississippi, uh, we have friends all over the country. We can encourage them to the extent that we can go and work on behalf of the Secretary. We'll do that. Now, all four major party candidates this time, or both the tickets, are all white people. President Barack Obama, he really attracted new African-American voters. How does your party keep that energy up? Well, you keep it up by looking at uh, the number of delegates uh, who are here today. Uh, You look here in this facility, it looks like the rainbow. Red, black, white, yellow. Uh, Clearly, it's... uh, It's America, and so we're going to move forward with the rainbow. Correspondent Matt Laszlo with Congressman Benny Thompson at the Democratic National Convention. 
Up next, a health minute from Dr. Rick DeShazo on mosquito bites. This is Mississippi Edition on MPB Think Radio. 227 years ago, the first U.S. president took office. Next year, the 45th will. Follow history in the making right here on this station. Listen every day. Weekdays at 4 on MPB Think Radio. Hi, I'm Dr. Rick DeShazo for Southern Remedy. Each Wednesday, we answer your calls on health issues of interest to you. They range from medical questions on kids, young adults, baby boomers, and seniors. Whatever you need to know. Join me for Southern Remedy this morning at 11 on MPB Think Radio. Hi, I'm Dr. Rick DeShazo, Professor of Medicine and Pediatrics at the University of Mississippi Medical Center, and this is a Southern Remedy Health Minute. Everybody's talking about mosquito bites, and yeah, we're getting them out there like crazy. Used to be we didn't worry about them that much, but there are some new problems that we probably ought to worry about them a little bit more. And that is West Nile is back again this summer. And now we're beginning to worry about a potential Zika epidemic. So you don't want to get insect bites. And so what do you do about it? Well, again, DEET is the answer for everybody but kids under six months. DEET, D-E-E-T. And right now, a number of the uh, companies that make insect repellent containing DEET have them marked down. So it's a good time to get them cheap at your local big box store or uh, wherever you can find them on sale. How much DEET you need? You need to read the instructions. They have clear instructions about what age group should use which DEET product on them. So rather than me trying to give them to you, I recommend you just read the label right there at the point of purchase and get the right one for you. For children less than six months, uh, you got a problem. We don't really know that much about DEET in kids that age, so we have to use other things. There are some other infant insect repellents that also will be there. They're not quite as good as DEET, but you certainly want to protect your kids. A certain percentage of people have allergic reactions to insect bites and have big itchy places, and it's because you have an allergy to the insect saliva. And if you have that problem, the best thing to do is, obviously, use an insect repellent with DEET. But as soon as you get an insect bite, to put some 1% hydrocortisone ointment on there, preferably with a Band-Aid on the top of it where you'll increase the absorption, and that usually will block those late, itchy, swollen places from insect bites. For more health tips and medical information, listen for Southern Remedy each weekday at 11, where the doctors are always in. For MPB Think Radio, I'm Dr. Rick DeShazo. 227 years ago, the first U.S. president took office. Next year, the 45th will. Follow history in the making right here on this station. Listen every day. Weekdays at 4 on MPB Think Radio. This week, Democrats will meet in Philadelphia to nominate Hillary Clinton for president. NPR and PBS NewsHour will be there, too. We're teaming up to bring you live coverage each night of the convention. 
I'm Rachel Martin. Join me, Judy Woodruff, and Gwen Ifill as we take you inside the arena and to the floor of the Democratic National Convention. It's special coverage from PBS NewsHour and NPR News. MPB Think Radio, your home for live election coverage. This is Mississippi Edition on MPB Think Radio. I'm Karen Brown. Many athletes with ties to Mississippi are getting ready to become Olympians. When the 2016 Summer Games begin in Rio de Janeiro on August 5th, the state's homegrown and adopted sons and daughters will be there to compete with athletes from around the world. Pole vaulter Sam Kendricks will be there. A native of Oxford, Kendricks attended the University of Mississippi and is a reservist in the U.S. Army. To qualify for Rio, Kendricks won the pole vault competition at the U.S. Championship in Sacramento. In California, he tells MPB Sid Scott his Olympic journey started in middle school when he made the track team. Yeah, I just got back from team processing yesterday, and I'm just trying to sort through all this stuff I have to wear in the village today. Excellent. So when are you heading down to, uh, to Rio? I will head down just before the opening ceremony. When you were a child, when you were a kid growing up uh, in Oxford, did you dream about going to the Olympics? Well, I think all kids dream to that highest level in whatever respect or discipline they're trying to pursue or they start in just because they want to kids are always looking forward to something and I know I was no different now in high school my father was a high school track coach and when I was in middle school I wanted to make his high school track team now I wasn't very tall very athletic when I was 12 and 13 but a coach's kid has to have an advantage and since he was a track coach I spent every afternoon on the track and we had women's pole vault added to the Mississippi High School Athletic Association in 2006. So on the advent of women's pole vaults, a small pole vaulter like myself has now a new selection of equipment to use, which really opened the opportunity for me to learn how to pole vault in the classical sense. So you start out not as a, as a pole vaulter initially. It's something you, you just sort of um, you saw an opportunity there, opportunity there because the equipment was there and you just started trying it out? Well, um, I had always watched the high school athletes, and my father had many good Mississippi high school boys pole vault, and he was a great coach. Um, I ran cross country and played soccer for many years before I ever picked up pole vaulting, but the vault was just something that was a, a good group of athletes at my high school, and I got to hang around them. But eventually it became my program and my group of athletes when I was in high school and then moved on to college. When you were growing up and you watched the, the Summer Olympics, who were some of your idols? Who were some of the guys you looked at and you thought, man, I want to be like that guy? Well, you know, I didn't really have to look far for good role models in my event. Now, just one state away in Jonesboro, Arkansas, there is a place called Bell Athletics. And in Bell Athletics, um, they train have trained many, many Olympic-level pole vaulters just in a gym just not two hours away from my house. And I actually went in middle school to go to a club or go to a, a clinic that Coach Bell and his vaulters put on. They still do this, but we learned so much about higher level of pole vaulting and the history of the event in just two days. Um, and so it gave us a real connection to the event. My father has been my coach for the last 10 years, and so he's walked through this with me, and he's helped me learn the event as he knew it, and then we've had to learn the event together as we've grown and improved. Coach Bell um, was a world record holder and a world champion in years past, and also my manager now, his name is Jeff Hartwig, and he's the indoor American record holder. 
and I travel with him all over the world. He's a great source of uh, intellect and wisdom in the event. And so these guys are the guys I grew up watching. Looking forward to Rio. Who internationally is uh, is big in your event? Who Who's the competition? Well, in the, once I left the University of Mississippi, my goal was to make my presence known in the top lists of the event. Now, in track and field, because athletes are from all over and there are so many competitions, we are all judged by a ranking system. And you have to compete in high-level competitions, World Grand Prix, Diamond League, World Challenge competitions in order to boost your rank, and you have to do well. And I wanted to have that base of experience in these high-level meets because you see the same faces most of the places you go at the highest level. Usually about 10 or 12 guys that you'll see at every every high-level event, and that's where you get the most incentive and the most points for world ranking. So currently, I am ranked number two in the world. I had the second uh, average highest marks in high-level competitions. My better at the current point is a 2012 Olympic champion. His name is Reno Levillani. Where is he from? He's from France. From France. Is he going to be in Rio? He sure is. He's trying to defend his title. Every year before the Olympics, uh, there was always concern about whether the host city is ready. This year is no different. Thinking about that, thinking about the mosquito-borne illnesses, did you hesitate for a moment on deciding whether you wanted to go? In response to that question, I, I just want to recall the first question. The very fact that when I started this event, I never considered but I dreamed that I could go to the Olympics one day. And so every athlete, when these circumstances are put before him, has to decide is he willing to take on the risk. And my answer was yes. Um, of course I am. I know my, I know the USOC is going to do their best, and I'm, I think I'm personally prepared um, and, I suppose, willing to, uh, to take on that risk myself in heading down there to represent my country. Um, it really didn't take me long to come to that conclusion. Sam Kendricks is an Olympian from Mississippi. He's heading down to Rio to take place in the Olympics there. Sam, good, good luck for you. We'll look for you on TV. Thank you so much. Stay tuned to MPB Think Radio for local Mississippi-based programs all morning long. Coming up at 9, it's Fix It 101. Then at 10, Everyday Tech. At 11, stay tuned for Southern Remedy. If you missed part of the show, you can listen to episodes of Mississippi Edition on our website, mpbonline.org, or download our free MPB multimedia app and listen to the show whenever you like. I'm Karen Brown. Join us again tomorrow morning at 830 for the next Mississippi Edition, only on MPB Think Radio. Boxer Claressa Shields was 17 when she won gold at the London Olympics. Then she came home. I I was literally going to sleep, and I would see all black. Like, I wasn't able to dream because my dream had been accomplished. Now I'm like, what do I do now? The answer? Work toward a second gold medal in Rio. We catch up with her and hear the latest from the Democratic National Convention, too, later on All Things Considered from NPR News. Today at 4 on NPB Think Radio. 
Your favorite MPB Think Radio shows are now available on your favorite podcast app. So open that app and subscribe to any local program you love, like Everyday Tech. Android does have the most delicious operating system, I find. Jelly, is it jelly beans? The Gestalt Gardener. What's up? What you got going on? And of course, MPB's Season Pass with myself, Sam Wells, and Jay White. That's my guys, man. So what are you waiting for? Go search and subscribe today. This week, Democrats will meet in Philadelphia to nominate Hillary Clinton for president. NPR and PBS NewsHour will be there, too. We're teaming up to bring you live coverage each night of the convention. I'm Rachel Martin. Join me, Judy Woodruff, and Gwen Ifill as we take you inside the arena and to the floor of the Democratic National Convention. It's special coverage from PBS NewsHour and NPR News. MPB Think Radio, your home for live election coverage. It's Marketplace Tech for Wednesday the 27th. I'm Ben Johnson in New York. Next week, the Summer Olympics will kick off.